Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to this week's episode of Game Cabinet. This week, we're reaching in and pulling out one of my personal favorites, Star Wars Legion. Which I know nothing about, so I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this game. I love Legion. I actually just brought all of my pieces over to my new house so that I can start painting them up and getting them ready for an actual battle with George again. So it's a miniature game. It is a miniature war, war minis battle game. Okay. However you prefer to phrase it. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot like, I'm going to say those big dreaded words, folks. It's a lot like Warhammer. Dun, dun, dun. But it's more like the God tier style of Warhammer, where everything is pretty much uniformly priced across the board, other than a few of the significantly larger models. Um, it's that plastic price thing yeah, that we were that, talking about last time. Yeah, exactly. And they're one of the few that do a really good job on plastic to model ratio. And it's not just about what you're getting in the game, but it is kind of about, hey, how much plastic are we actually giving these people? I'm currently playing for the Empire. <laughs> uh, George is the rebel scum that I must eliminate on a regular basis. <laughs> scum and villainy. Uh yeah, they actually have really good, like, really, really solid way of spreading out the scum and villainy, too. Like, there are a few bounty hunters that are working for the Galactic Empire, because they do have a, a Holy Trilogy and prequel trilogy box sets, essentially. Okay. Uh, so you can play as the Rebels, the Galactic, Ar uh, the Galactic Republic... Separatists, which is cool. I kind of want to get some separatists. Like, even if I just separatists get like, this would be really fun. Like, even if I just got the base box for that, the separatists I think would be really fun. Uh, and then you can play as clones from like the Clone Wars and stuff like that. They're really cool how they managed to like spread out the bounty hunters and the scum of the kind of universe around. Like, obviously, Han and them are part of the Galactic or part of the Rebels. They've got. I don't think they have one for the Galactic Empire quite yet, but they do have a couple for like the Separatists. They do have one for the clones. Where does where does Boba Fett fall in there? For the Empire. Okay, I was gonna he say he's, in my he's personal, the Empire. He sit, like sits you in said, my there personal. wasn't one for the Galactic Empire, and I was like, but Boba sorry, Fett the Galactic would... Republic. The Gla oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, but Fett, man, he's like yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the for the for the empire, we've we've got Fett, and God is he dumb. Like, so uh, more or less, how the game kind of works is you start each turn by selecting an orders card that has X amount of pips on it. The one with the highest amount of pips, yeah, the one with the highest amount of pips gets to go first. Okay. No, sorry, lowest amount. It's that weird backwards, and your order cards can do. You can either have just the basic flat handful of them that pretty much are like, you command this many units. And then some of them have really cool like flavor text, like Boba Fett has one where he gets to launch his rocket off of his back for the turn. <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, he's got one that one of my favorite ones that I've actually used to some really good advantage was I had some arc troopers that I was fighting against with a buddy of mine. I was able to play his command card and it wire it's his wire wrap Ooh, yeah and so it wrapped him up and he had the guy had totally intended to try to jump out and away and instead i got to just sit there and blast him with my nice assault <laughs> uh, you thought you could get away nobody escapes the bubba fett yeah but that's the cool thing that they do like they really have unique abilities for almost everybody other than like your really super basic core troopers core rebels and even they've got a little something going for them but like commanders can inspire others and help take away the stress of the battle and or help them do better or get them to fire again by you know forcing mm -hmm. an order and it's really fun because of that and essentially you lay out whatever order whatever units you want like a three pip is pull out three units essentially like you activate three units and that's it but that means that i can pick any of my kind of units there's core units which are going to be like your stormtroopers shore troopers and stuff like that then you get into like your special units they're going to be like your wookies and i think mine are my scout troopers okay uh, and then you get into like your vehicles and your supports and then your kind of heavies and your operators and then your commander mm -hmm. so 
being able to pick any of those is really nice because when you're playing Vader, he's super slow. So you almost always want to pick him and just have him keep marching up the field just so that he's keeping up, like trying to keep up. Because Lord Vader hustles for no man. Oh, God, he's so, so every other commander I have, I put away in the back of the field and then just slowly march them up behind everybody, you know, kind of like a normal commander would be. With Vader, because he is such a potent thing to have on the field and actually be using, you ha- I have to put him like in front of everybody and then watch everybody run around him. But, I mean, based on what I know of Star Wars, that but, sounds real Vader-y. But that, and that's what I'm saying, is that they do things like that. That's, that's <laughs> what makes the game really cool to me, is that they tried really hard to embody every person. Like, everybody's different style, everybody's different personalities and stuff like that. Like, they tried super hard to make it make sense. Boba Fett's wearing uh, armor that makes him immune to penetrate, or uh, more or less makes him immune to penetrate. He's got Arsenal 2, where he can make two shots with both of his different guns. Vader has a couple of different abilities, one of which that you can equip to him is, like, Saber Throw. And so, you can get some really cool, you can really... Not only do the base cards themselves, but their upgrade cards, you can really get a flavor of these individuals in certain time periods as well. Okay. Uh, which is a really fun one. But you select your units and then activate them back and forth, essentially, and that you get essentially two actions, if I remember correct. You can move and shoot or aim and shoot, activate one of your abilities and shoot. Normally, you only get to shoot once unless you do some stuff essentially unless you're boba fett yeah unless you're boba fett or like uh my stormtroopers can technically shoot at two different targets because i have blasters so Mm -hmm. i can choose my blasters are going to shoot at this guy but my hdl 90 is going to shoot at this group over here or this one champion over here but it's once again it's that war mini style game so it the more dice you're throwing at a particular group or model, the better chances you are going to, to eliminate it. Alright. Uh, but they've only got a few vehicles, which I really appreciate. I've played a lot of video games like Battlefield and PUBG and things like that where vehicles tend to ruin things like that for me. <laughs> I've seen some Warhammer games where dude's like, cool, now that it's turn 5, I uh, activate this command thing and he's like, four of my command points and i get to drop my airship wherever the heck i want and then they'd bring down this giant hell drake and drop it right into the middle of the battlefield and just start everything it's like mm, well, that was fun until it wasn't right i thought we were having fun now you've made it mean i'm just here for wholesale slaughter today that's all i want yeah that's more or less what you can get with some of that and that's what's really nice about the vehicles in legion like they've got the atst which you would expect to kind of annihilate everything it's primarily best against other vehicles it has a lot of blast which helps uh take care of the like impact and stuff like that and they're more kind of meant for that and you've got a couple weapons that will do pretty decent if you happen to equip those weapons as well to like a group of people but it's not like okay i'm gonna just dump all of this onto like these three guys and you as the opponent go so most of those are gone now, and that's just what I have to deal with. And it's Thank like, you for landing your vehicle mm. on top of half of my army. Yeah. Appreciate crunch. it. I mean, to be, to be fair. To be fair. In such a situation as, like, Warhammer or something, if I had the ability to just land my, my giant airship on top of my enemy's army, I would. Oh, yeah. The, and that's why it's a, such a good viable <laughs> tactic, though, is that you let the big masses kind of group up and then you're like, cool, I'm going to set this right here and just march it along and just have it drop hell. That's a very nice army you got there. It'd be a shame if something would happen to it. Sorry, all I can ever think of is the main one that stuck out to me was the hell drake dropping, being like, cool, this giant ship slash dragon just dropped onto this dude's poor field, and uh, literally was just like, nom, 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 mm, there's half your army, mm, delightful, mm. it was a good afternoon, oh, like, man. oh, yeah. I like, though, that, that Legion did make the vehicles a little less 
chunky. Yeah. Because, and I mean, that, that does go hand in hand with Star Wars, kind of. Because, like, the vehicles, yeah, they were used against armies, but they were so large that there really wasn't a ton of control on them. Yeah. It was like, I'm going to shoot it into this general direction, and whoever it hits, that's who it's going to hit. And with, like, the bigger... The bigger ones like the tanks and the bigger ones like uh, the bigger flyers, like mm-hmm. the Rebels have an AT-30, I yeah. think is what it's called. It's essentially the ships that you get to see take down the uh, AT-ATs. Yeah. Uh, and so it's essentially one of those guys, and it hits like a truck. <laughs> it is torch some of my units, but it's very much, you pretty much have to go because it has a thing called like inertia where you essentially have to go a certain amount of speed because you're flying yeah and so it's like no you have to go this much you don't have to make another move after that but you at least have to move this much well, yeah, every you're turn in the air yeah and so it kind of it's nice compared to them being like oh well you're in space you can just sit here if you want and it's like no you're you're on the planet dude if you want to keep that boat in the air you're, you better keep moving you're in space you can just hover here forever no no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Gra- gravity disagrees it's a helicopter guys but that's what uh i really appreciate is that they make you take that that jump so you can't just kind of hit that spot and then just start dumping onto people mm-hmm. you are forced to take more more which, movement which is exactly what you would do in a real fighter pilot situation yeah you you strife over the field you take you, you wildly shoot at targets hoping that you hit somebody and then you pull out and come back for the next round yep exactly and they do a really solid job of making people do that essentially so mm-hmm. that's one of the things i really appreciate as a guy who's like uh, if warhammer did something like that i wouldn't have a bigger problem with you being able to drop your dude onto the battlefield if on his next turn, he has to move. Even if you're like, okay, well, I'm going to line this up, so I'm going to get one good strafing run. Yeah. Cool, that's fine with me. But or you should still be had, propelled forward. You're or on a even planet. if they had like vehicle grounding rules, where if you land, like if you drop that Drake onto the battlefield, you have rules for how hard or easy it is to get back off off the ground. Yeah, you know, something for figuring out how to how to deal with these new ships that are going to be coming yeah, in. You, you could just run a kamikaze run with your ship and just crash it oh, into the ground super cool. and just scatter your enemy's army. But now you're on the ground and your ship is virtually useless. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. I wonder if there are some extra rules for that, like, use dive bomb with these ships and it blows up in an area of this big dealing this much with this yeah they probably got a stat block for that they got a stat block for everything and then i'm just thinking like the only good that the ship's cannons would then do would be like straightforward so the enemy could just scatter and not be in that we'll see and that's where like the heldrake would be a real big tool because that thing's got its own neck like it'd be actually like that that'd be a cool oh that'd be a cool scenario of like having to raid this down Heldrake, where its main cannon can fire in a 180 degrees, but forward facing. So you have to figure out how to finagle your way in. It'd be like fighting a beholder, but worse. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Much worse. We don't worry about the anti-magic part. We just make more fire. (laughs) But the nice thing about Legion as well is that it doesn't take... Okay, so it can take several hours uh, but for the most part, I think George and I have played our quickest games have been about two hours. Okay. Well, and I mean, that's kind of... We, we, anytime you're playing these tabletop model-based games, an hour to two hours is a pretty standard game. Yeah, that that's considered the nice low side of it. Yeah. Um, mind you, that was like our... I think we were doing 800 points, which is like the base ar- basic army-style pointage. And then we did do a grand skirmish, which is 1,600 points. That took us a few days. Yeah. Well, a lot of these wargaming things, like the whole thing is you set up your game, you set up your board, and then you leave it. Yeah. And you you come back, you play. There's a lot of people, when we were having actual Warhammer uh, play in Adventures downstairs, back, you know, in the before times. Before. Where... A lot of these guys would, like, take pictures of their boards when they left at the end of the day so that the next time they came back, they could just set it up exactly how it was. Yep. Because they're not fast games. 
that's the thing with these kind of games is you, oh, yeah. you don't play these games if you want just a fast 20 minute 30 minute game no god no that and that's why like a lot of our dudes would show up right as we opened though and be like cool we have tell 10 from 10 to about four was about our usual cutoff yeah. for that if you get in here by 10 and you get finished and set up by noon you can probably finish your game yeah you know and that's why yeah. we have those dudes who would stay here though for six eight hours with us because they just wanted to try to finish that game that's where playing at home is really really convenient yeah because like i said george and i played a 1600 point game which i think i had all four of my core units out or no all six of my core units out i had I pretty much had max amount of units that I could. Uh, I think that I didn't get to bring my ATSD uh, because that was too many points. And so, but I mean, it took us three or four days and we got, we played about a round or two a day and that, but that's all we could do was being like, okay, we're going to sit down and we play a round or two and be like, cool, that was four ish hours. Let's go ahead and call it for a night. And, well, do you want to play something else? We kind of can't. The table's take up. Well, let's go upstairs and set up coffee table or put up our TV <laughs> trays and play some magic or something. We we can work on that. And so, but at the same time, we had a blast. But I could not picture sitting down and playing one of those kind of games in a day. Even if I was like, okay, we're going to start at noon and we're going to go till midnight. Yeah. I don't think I could sit and do that. It's not RP. It, you know, it's not an RPG. I can't sit and do that for that long. The flavor does not change enough. No, it, it's it's a war game. It's a miniature-based war game where you have very strict rules, and your whole point is to crash the army of the other player. Yeah. Corey's starting to get more into, like, World War II and stuff like that, oh. so I'm kind of getting more excited that he might want to start playing some Legion. And if that's the case, that's going to be fun, because he hates war mini games. He hates them with a passion that I cannot understand or fathom. <laughs> I do. I, I understand the hate. I just can't, like, picture the depth of his hate for it at all. I find it, I find it funny to say, because I'm the person that can sit and play a video game for, like, 24 hours straight. But I I don't know that I would have the patience to sit and play for four or five hours the same tabletop game. Yeah, four hours, not so bad. But that's about where even like, it's a lot like tattooing for me. That's about where okay. I stop wanting to sit. Well, I'm like, even, I need to go do something. Even as much as I like playing Pathfinder or D&D &D or RPGs, like that oh. kind of stuff with you guys. Once I hit about the four and a half hour mark, my brain is so frazzled that I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore, guys. Like, I don't like all day D&D sessions. I, oh, I I'm miss like, my all day D&D sessions. Oh, no. I, I think it's creative burnout for me because I get so invested in the story and the character that I'm like so hyped up and I can only ride that adrenaline so long. And then I'm like, okay, mm. guys, I'm done. I want, I want to not be creative anymore. I want to go stare at a TV screen for five hours and watch an anime about cats. What have you been watching lately? That's way <laughs> too specific. Actually, it, it's not about cats. I, I actually watched The Way of the House Husband. Oh, we've been meaning to start it's that one. It's so good. I binged it in two days. I just two days binged it. Yeah, Katie and I have been planning on watching that one. There is a cat in it. His cat has little segments every now and then where that's the cat awesome. just goes on a walk around town. That's amazing. I'm. That's going to be great. We meant to start it this weekend, but we had the wedding, of which congratulations to my sister and my new brother-in-law. They're, yeah. they're officially married and they have all their stuff done, I's dotted and T's crossed. I saw all the pictures. It looked like it was a great day. It. They look like they had a lot of fun. It was really stressful for a like handful of us. Well, because you guys were like coordinating and planning the whole thing. Yeah, well, she had planned, Lily had planned most of it. We got it all mostly taken care of. And then like Squid, Ethan, Kyle, Katie, myself were the ones kind of helping finish run things at the but end. But see, that's, that's how it's supposed to be. The bride is supposed to not stress about stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she looked it was hilarious her friend squid 
eventually Jen came up and was talking with her because she was like, hey, I am an ordained minister as well. Let me give you a hit. They're going to look this terrified until they're standing in front of you. And Squid was like, what? And Jen just turns and goes, yeah, that's completely normal. They're going to look terrified until the part of your brain goes, well, we're here and we can't walk away, so... Might as well ride the ride. (laughs) And so that was kind of fun to watch Squid suddenly like calm down and be like, all right, cool. This is normal for them to look this panic. Yeah. But it was a really quick ceremony, which was kind of nice. It was hot, though. It's been hot this last couple of weeks. Hey, speaking of hot. (laughs) We did it right there, like Uh, right in the sun, though. Like, oh, yeah, it was not fun. I was a little bummed because I had set up all the grills and everything in the shade. And then the sun moved, and I did not account for. That's why you gotta get cooking tents, buddy. We yes, but you can't put grills under cooking tents. They have specific ones with like vents and stuff and open edges, so you can like still have the canopy over you. But like we we had some gazebos and stuff like that, pop up tents. Okay, so I was at least able to like dip in and out behind them, but I wasn't going to put twenty four burgers and two grills under them Ah, while weak. (laughs) <laughs> while trying to cook hot and fast <laughs> that's fair. there were a couple times that i was worried about the tree above them that's so... fair that's fair you like fire for effect so. i like fire for effect it makes people go ooh, ah. but in these really warm summer days that are coming up great way to stay cool is to stay inside in the ac and play tabletop miniature games and play (laughs) legion come play legion with us come talk legion with us we've got i think i've turned three or five people somewhere in there onto legion that work here like uh i picked up the base box and got me and george almost instantly into it Oh, he doesn't work with us anymore. Sam was starting to get into it. Like, he hadn't I mean, bought anything, Sam, but he was getting Sam real interested. Sam will always be oh, an yeah. honorary AU member forever. Yeah, he'll always be one of us. And then Mickey, I actually okay. got into it. He and his old lady play. Oh, and uh, congratulations to them. It's their anniversary. I don't know how long or what kind, oh, but nice. congratulations, guys. Have a good one. Oh, it's um, just a day of celebration <laughs> yeah. here at, at AU Radio Podcast. Lots, lots of happiness, lots of love in there. So when we talked about God Tier, you yes. said God Tier is like intro level for the warring, war game miniatures. Yeah. Where would you put Legion between God Tier and Warhammer 40K? Mm perfectly smack dab right in the middle nice it is if you're if you're like yeah i loved god tier that was really fun i'd like to try to have less heroes more units to work with Mm -hmm. legion's perfect the fact that every unit has a stat card and then you'd use upgrade cards is really convenient they're really awkwardly sized but we have wonderful sleeves or wonderful binder pages for them so that's what i use but everything is nice and right there for you to be able to read. Okay. So it's a lot like the God tier where everything's nice and right here for you. You don't have to worry about running over here to do this thing or that thing or whatever other thing you have to do. You don't need a third party app like Warhammer where you're like, oh, yeah, I definitely need to get Battlescribe just so that I can like keep track of what I'm <laughs> using. Don't get me wrong. Battlescribe does have a Star Wars Legion section to their right. app. I've used it a couple times. It's fine. I prefer just using the cards that I personally have at my disposal. Should I lose some of my command cards, though, I wouldn't be against go like using Battlescribe because they do help kind of fill in some information if you've lost some stuff. Yeah. And also, a few models don't have exactly what their keyword does. It was originally on their like model building paper. And if you are missing that, you can also always use Battlescribe, and it'll also help you tell you what all the keywords do in yeah. particular. That's well, helpful. And if you know you went, took, you packed up your Legion stuff, came down to AU to use our gaming room whenever that's available again, and realized, oh no, I left all my cards at home. Yeah, Battlescribe, right Battlescribe, there. right there for you. Uh, not sponsored, but could be. <laughs> not a sponsor, unless would love you guys to sponsor us. I'd be super <laughs> pleased. I use their paid version of their app. Like, that's how much I actually do like those guys. It is a thing I use. This isn't me just trying to pimp them. It is a thing I use very regularly. I don't use anything else for Kill Team. I think a great part of 
gaming, right, is the tools that have been created by third-party apps to oh, yeah. support games. Like D&D Beyond, it's not actually part of Wizards. But, but it, it is so, so many useful. people use it, and most people think it is part of Wizards yeah, at this point. No, and that's it, it because of it falling right there in the middle. It's also got one of those nice middle price points. The base box is like a hundred bucks, which is a little much. But yeah. I mean, God tier's base box is sixty bucks, sixty to seventy, something like that. Yeah, some, something like that, and you get a good chunk out of it, and it's fun. But you get two or three of your core units you get a special unit you get at least your operator like there's a good chunk that you get to have built for you or like that you get to build um most of it's push fit which is a big thing in warhammer most of warhammer is not push fit uh, and oh, by that right. i mean you have to glue pieces together gotcha. i was like what are we talking about with push fit and then i was like oh like the easy like snap yeah, together easy, snap together most of legion is Push together. I do suggest a little glue. Some of you guys aren't going to necessarily want to stick perfectly. Well, I like but I like glue for most things that I'm going to be using on a tabletop purely because you pack them in. Maybe you don't secure them properly. An arm pops yep. off. You lose an arm somewhere. Those things are so small. Yes. You're just I'm like, amazed. oh, look, he doesn't have an arm anymore. Well, he's a hope I find one. He's a one arm stormtrooper now. Uh, that's the other nice part about. If you prime your stormtroopers real quick, they at least become a white arm laying on the floor somewhere. Yes. And it at least doesn't just look like a pile of trash where you're like, oh, this one random piece of gray plastic. So it's just laying on the floor and you're like, no, my my trooper. I mean, I accidentally thrown away pieces of miniatures because so I because I thought they were just p- extra pieces of like the fletching. Like or the sprues that I cut them out of, I was like, "Oh, I just gonna throw all this away." And then I'm like, "Oh no, I'm missing an entire bow for this archer." Oh no. <laughs> yep. And there's and yeah, and that's exactly why I suggest a little bit of glue on most of them. They like I said, they push fit, snap fit, whatever you want to call it, pretty well. But if you're gonna get them on the table and start really using them, you know, your first couple games that you're like, "Oh, I still want to paint these, but I want to get a game in." Mm, don't worry about it too much. But as a guy who's spent over a year without his glued together and has to keep pushing them back together and has lost a few arms and luckily found them <laughs> please use a little glue even if it's just the tiniest bit and you snap it out later well the thing is with like the push to fit stuff especially on plastic miniatures is over time the plastic is going to deform and they're not going to fit together anymore yeah they won't stay I mean, even the pewter miniatures will do that because the pewter is so soft yep. that over time it will deform. Yep, just morphs and gets weird, but I've had an okay time with it. I've also found some really fun, new, unique ways to do some things. Like, uh, I normally, I like to do magnets with certain, yeah. like, especially mechanical things. Like, I've done yeah. it with a few miniatures, and I don't think I'm ever going to do it with army stuff again, yeah. just because it is a big pain for not a lot of payoff. But I am going to, like, my ATST. I currently don't have its gl- head glued to its base, essentially, because what I did instead was superheated a push pin, push that into the top, and then use my boring tool to bore into the top cavity of it. And it sits and actually rotates now. So I can actually, like, look at people. Oh, and eventually it. I will pull that out, put an actual magnet in, yeah. and put another magnet in so that I probably put a few magnets into the ball that's supposed to hold its head so that i'll be able to rotate it around like lean it forward to look down pull it up to look up at things well and i know that a lot of people do that with their warhammer minis with their commanders specifically Mm -hmm. because you can change out equipment on them yeah and doing it on guys like that totally worth it the few dudes that I did it to were like base space marines just because i was like well i don't want to like buy a 60 dollar one model and then totally destroy it and be like "Mm." that's the whole part about building and painting miniatures right is you always practice on the ones that you're like hey i don't care if this guy turns out awful because he's just soldier x y four and it doesn't matter if he looks like trash yep or if you're playing like kill team the fact that that was part of why i did it was i only had a few models to begin with and so it was like oh well i'm not gonna worry about my chaos cultists because they all carry one gun anyway but all my space marines, I hit up a bunch of them with it just because I was like, well, this makes it worth it because I can change out their gear 
And I can always, and that'll allow me to be able to be like, yeah, cool, snap it together. Some people care about that stuff. I don't. I so don't care. We're both mini painters. We we like painting minis. Yeah. And we both agree that God Tier has some of the coolest minis. Church. How's Legions as far as minis go? Detail. Very accurate. Okay. Very accurate, which means they're really boring models. Okay. Um, well, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, they're... So, Rebels, I bet, would be a little more fun to paint because they are well covered in cloth. Like, mm-hmm. and there's a good texture to them and stuff like that. But because I do play Stormtroopers... You just got... But, like, model lines, printing... Um, I haven't had too many fletching problems. Nice. They do a really good job of a lot of where their fletching problems would be are on creases of the armor and things like that anyway, so you're not seeing a whole lot of it. And I think, just kind of by what I'm seeing, I think that they're filled uh, from the top to the bottom. Oh, okay. Because how a lot of them come is without their arms, and you might have to attach a leg, but like most of the torso's already together. So are they resin printed then, or are they... I'm not 100% sure. I want to say that they're plastic, but... I don't take sandpaper to a lot of my things, so I don't think about it very often. That's fair. Please don't sandpaper your resin without a respirator on. Please, oh, please. By the ever living gods, do well not do that. Well ventilated, wear a respirator, go outside. If you if you don't know what you're doing, please don't sand resin ever. Yeah, it's scary. Pay attention to what kind of models you have before you do like sanding and things because I mean, plastic it's, it's, particles are bad for you it's just good practice anytime you're sanding anything to at least wear a mask of some sort and it's covid right now so you should have plenty of them yes or go down to you know your local hardware store and buy one of the ones for painting yeah or dude even a blue mask is like a blue basic mask is better than absolutely nothing yeah i i I made that mistake (laughs) when i was doing that giant piece for for illist yes because uh, i went out and sanded after i did the primer i went out and did a sanding coat on it and i forgot to wear a mask and let me tell you i was coughing for days yeah the one time i did help somebody with a project let's just say i pulled colorful things out of my nose we were working with colored resins and i didn't think I about it even from a family of auto body people and i know that all of my ancestors were angry at me for not wearing a mask to sand paint yep i could feel it i could feel the judgment yeah we were working colored (laughs) resin and luckily we were doing like really quick like one or two scrapes and we were just roughing it up to help the primer that these guys were going to put on it and but by the time i left i got home and was like oh my allergies are kicking (laughs) my butt nope got resin yeah and so i went and blew my nose and when i came away with like red white and blue i was like oh my god i'm dying and then my buddy was like no you dingus you forgot to wear a mask that's why all of us were wearing one i was like why didn't you say it was resin i thought it was just plastic so i wasn't (laughs) as worried about it you should still wear a mask with it but i've plastic particles aren't great for you either yeah i've worked with a lot of stuff like that and i've done a lot of my own like woodworking where i haven't worn my mask but like uh the good hannah here says Work outside. Work outside Um, in well-vented areas. Yeah. Legion has really fun models. I'm having a lot of fun, like, painting. Like, I'm getting ready to finally, finally take the dive and work on my ATSD. I'm really scared because I want to come out really good. But that's the other thing. It looks like an ATSD, so it's going to be a big gray box with legs, essentially. Oh, you should do weathering and stuff on it. Uh, I think I'm going to try to do some blaster effects and stuff like Mm. that, which I've never done, so I'm kind of terrified of. So we might get a piece of flat plastic and try that out. I like it. Once or twice before we do that. So, you've talked about the stuff you like from Legion. What are your complaints? Because I know you got them. I don't love how Beskar works. Okay. It essentially makes it to where anybody who's wearing Beskar, essentially you become immune to piercing. And if anything has pierce on it, you get to roll additional shield dice. And that's a little much. I'd rather it just make them purely immune to it. Mm-hmm. I like that there is a small chance to get it in. But when I'm like, cool, I'm rolling three dice. And you're like, cool, my defense is this. But because yours is this, I get to more or less double my pool. Oh, and I or and because I'm wearing Beskar, I get to roll the best dice in the game already. Yeah. It would it would make more sense if 
if it just just flat out call it immune. Done. Yeah. Or or even just I don't know. The best card just has a different dice to roll. It's not yeah. like you di- you don't add to your dice. You just get to roll a different, a different dice. dice. Which is that is though part of the nice thing. There's only three colors of dice: black, white, and red. But yeah, that's one of the things that really kind of irks me. Is I'm like, that'd be nice. Just either, like I said, make it simpler. Yeah, make it simpler. Just say it's immune to Pierce, and now it becomes a normal attack. Because normally, what Pierce does is if you roll a shield, Pierce lets me push that dice into a blank instead. Okay. So that you don't get to block that bit. I get to ignore X amount of the shields you roll. That, that would make more sense. So, just yeah, be just, like, it just does regular damage. Yep, it just doesn't it, do piercing. Yep, it just doesn't do its effect. It is just immune. Done. Cool, that's fine with me. But if I go to shoot with one weapon with pierce, now they get to increase their thing. But I'm also hucking a grenade and this other weapon at them. Well, now they get extra dice. And I, they're yeah. block, now they get to block my grenade shot because... Yeah. They uh, one of my guns had pierce. Like just make it immune. Just, just make it immune. That makes sense. Like it, that would make it in my opinion that would make it significantly better. Collisions, I think that they're I think that how high some of the ships fly needs to be changed up a little bit. Okay. Because you have to have really tall terrain if you want a chance for that to like get blocked by anything. So for the most part, most of the vehicle, like most of the flying vehicles at least, just have free reign of the map, but- which is what they're kind of meant to do. But when you're trying to be like, oh, yeah, we're playing this like cool Kashyyyk map and stuff like that. And just because the tallest thing I have is four inches, well, we have to agree and find a way to remember and mark ourselves that this is a thing. I don't know. It'd be nicer if they just made it a little shorter or instead of having to make us kind of decide to make it shorter because most people i know don't have terrain that's 12 feet or 12 inches tall yeah and that's almost how much it is it's three of the of the shooting segments essentially is how many it can fly over okay and the shooting segments are yeah about six inches a piece so it's or about mm, probably about four inches a piece so yeah it's probably about about a foot nine inches to a foot tall that these things can just fly over okay most people i know don't even have terrain that tall like i got some terrain that was made by a wonderful gentleman that just decided he didn't want it anymore and i love it he's been doing it for forever so it's got all kinds of different variations there's a little temple in it there's a bunch of mushrooms in it and even the super tall you know gigantic forest mushrooms are at like tall six inches tall yeah i think the tallest like miniature that i've seen not that i own that i've seen was 10 inches tall and that was a tiamat figure see and the biggest one i've ever seen is a foot tall and it's cloth (laughs) yeah my dance of death my two circling dragons was supposed to be a foot tall but they changed it before the kickstarter fully released so it's actually only 10 inches tall (sighs) oh I was I was really disappointed because it was yeah. supposed to be this like towering two dragons circling each other, and I was like, "This is going to be awesome!" And then they're like, "Hey, due to printing errors, we had to make this smaller." Sorry, guys. And oh, I was like, rough. "I still love it. It's still giant, but yeah. like." And Cloth isn't even a paint your own. Yeah. Cloth was a straight up like this. You buy him the way he is. Done. Yeah. And it's only half of him. Put puts him into perspective when you put an eight foot tall Goliath next to him, and you're like, "Oh, cool. It's as big as his pinky." But yeah, that was that's one of the things that kind of gets me is that the being the flying guys, which there's only a few of, but if yeah. you're willing to dedicate the few points to it, you have free reign on that board. Yeah, like unless you're willing to stack stuff, which I am. I'm a pain in the butt. I'm like, ah, I'm gonna make at least something in your way. I'm just gonna build a tower of Tupperware. <clears throat> get over it. Uh, actually, last time it was two primer cans that I taped together. <laughs> Uh, I did two of those and then put them as like pillars in the middle of the battlefield, which was really cool. And then we fought over uh, the pillars, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, really I was going to say, like, you could do like the D&D-esque thing where you just have the puck that symbolizes the pillar and you're like, this thing is tall enough that your ships can't fly over it. Yeah, but it's also hard to remember, remind yourself of that when you're in the middle of playing. Yeah. Like. You're bound to forget when you activate these four other guys and then you come back over here and you're like, I don't remember if we agreed that this is light or soft or if this is, how tall is this again? That 
So it's so worth so like, being able to be like, okay, well, we're just going to make it yeah. too high or something like that yeah, would fair. be fine. But the, the three high is a little much. And they might have errated that. I just haven't double checked that. I'm a little disappointed in their errata for some of the snipers mm-hmm. in the in the game. Because at this point, I believe everybody has a sniper rifle squad that you can take. One of the really cool things that's printed on the card is range one, two, blank. <laughs> Meaning literally as far as you want when most of the time your farthest range is just three or four of the, the measuring things yeah. I was talking about. It was real cool that you could, like, post these dudes up. Mind you, that's where your part of placing your side of terrain is. You know, pay attention to how you want to drop that stuff in if you don't want to be sniped halfway across the map. Yeah. Or dudes like me will set up, like, see how you set up, and then on my off chance, I'm going to try to parallel you, more or less, to set up alleyways so that things like that can happen. They did only bring it, they did errata it down to five. Which isn't the worst. It's still way longer than almost everybody else. I was going to say, that makes sense, though. Because, I mean, even even the best, even the best snipers, you do have a range of limitations. I don't quite agree with that. <laughs> because I have a weird love and soft spot for a show called Top Shot. Yeah. One of my favorite ones. Dude did not win the challenge, but had the cleanest shot out of all of it. They were given a 50, 50 cow at one mile. And most of the dudes sat there and plunk, 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 and essentially walked it in. Yeah. Which is the super smart. The guy who ended up winning it took like three shots, but that's how he did it was he just, I'm taking my first shot. That's where it landed. Cool. Adjust from there, you know, yeah. made the target. Homeboy used to be a military, like marine sniper, right? Sniper. Looked at the guy who was hosting the thing, and he was like, am I disqualified? And he was like, why? And he's like, and goes straight into at attention and goes, I'm a Marine with six to ten years experience with this particular rifle. This is my minimum kill range. I don't necessarily feel comfortable competing in this. And he's like, you're here, man. You get to compete. And he's like, cool. Dude sits down, lays down, and goes, dink, dink, and then gets up. Doesn't watch the shot finish hitting anything. Gets up and walks back into line. And by the time he steps into line, it goes off. There is a maximum range, but how big your table is? No, that's... I'm pretty sure that if that dude can do it without a second thought... That's fair. I'm thinking, like... Because I know that there are snipers that can hit from... Miles, miles off. But at the end of the day, gravity affects bullets. You can adjust to some extent, but velocity also slows down yeah etc 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 well and i think it'd be cool if they were like okay over three you lose your velocity or you lose this like you start losing some of your perks to it but being able to just be like okay i am going to kind of go for that hail mary shot down Mm -hmm. there would be kind of nice but like i said or maybe like adding in degrees of snipers like this this is a beginner or this is an expert or this is a a rookie yeah like a new recruit versus like a veteran uh, and like, they and get longer distance shots than the rookies can and that's a really easy simple card to make into an upgrade card because yeah. like how it kind of works for your sniper anyway is that you have the base sniper you have your base squad and then you uh, use an upgrade card to pick whether they're going to be the bomber or they're going to be the sniper mm-hmm. and then use that like add yeah. that model so, in so add a card you, you get like one veteran card per sniper team. Yeah. And then so that it's like, okay, you get a veteran. You can make him a veteran sniper or you can make him a veteran commander or yeah. whatever. Like, But yeah, being able to bring that guy in and be like, okay, you can even make it part of a separate upgrade pack. I think yeah. kind of neat where it's like, no, this is just, this is a $4 veteran, you know, unit. scout rifle unit yeah. or whatever. Make it a whole new, you can even make it a whole new unit where it's like, this is how this unit functions and that's it. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. It's not the big worst thing to have happen. I do understand limiting the oh, range yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those guys, as a guy who doesn't see a lot of talent between shooting a dude at 45 feet with something, but having a real respect for somebody shooting something at a mile off or so, being like, oh, wow. Like, a lot of especially, people are like, it's especially, still just a gun, but okay, but like, but wind like, and gravity. And also, there's so many calculations. Even most really high highly trained snipers work as a unit where they have a spotter yep and so the ability to do that all of those calculations by yourself 
is impressive. He's an impressive talent. Is honestly an amazing talent. And, and so I, that's I, the feel <laughs> I want. I want to be able to feel like my dude just did something real cool because I normally break them down into the two ranks so that to do exactly that where it's essentially one dude and his spotter. Yeah. Even though it'd be far more efficient for me to have him run with the bigger crowd because when your captain dies in a unit, you replace another part of your unit with that with a cap with that captain because essentially you can sit there and shoot at a model and kill that model if you happen to be like in the right spot but essentially normally it's you're shooting at the whole unit but if like all you can see is my captain you're shooting specifically him when he dies i just pull off another unit and place him in that unit instead essentially (laughs) because they get up they you know get promoted instantly and so it'd be smart if i ran with the bigger one but that's exactly what I do, because I like that feeling of being like, no, these two lone dudes are going to run out over here and take out that really important target for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I just miss being able to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and run them over into this little corner and keep them away from all of you. And they'll just say, pink, pink, <laughs> It's only one shot, and it's not the most powerful rifle either. That's yeah. the other thing that kind of got me about it was that I was like, if I was rolling reds, like our highest, the highest color dice that you could, and I was popping damage where I was like, no, you could probably kill a commander in one shot with this, then I'd totally be like, okay, yeah, I understand not letting me do that then. I very much understand shortening that distance and being like, no, this is what you get. Yeah. You might kill two units out of a, or might kill two models out of a full unit Ugh, yeah. with the gun. It's not scary especially when vader has five hit points and i think he's one of the ones with the fewer hit points because he's just jacked up to begin with but that was one of the things that kind of drove me nuts and pucks kind of the pucks are cool but the pucks are also kind of annoying what do the pucks do the pucks are how you decide what units you're activating and stuff like that okay i wish they were just higher quality That's and you can go out and buy higher quality ones but i wish theirs personally were higher quality or that they sold replacement ones because they currently don't. Oh. So you've got to go like find online ones or things like that to figure it out. Gotcha. I like the way that they kind of do the puck system. You reach in, you grab a bat, grab out a thing. I get a basic triangle. The triangle stands for my core. I am allowed to activate any of my core units, which is fun. But I don't love it because once you like if you run a team a lot like I do. Mm-hmm. 90% of my squad is core units. That's fair. And so... Well, and it also seems like... I mean, because Wargaming is usually about the strategy, and so then you're taking out the strategy and adding in an element of randomness that way? Yeah, that, so you get your command card, like I was saying earlier. So you yeah. get to choose at least one, if not more, units to activate. Yeah. Like, and have you essentially take their pucks, set them next to them face up, saying like, okay, these are... I can activate these on my my choosing, or I can choose from my bag. But most of my time is spent, my activating units are just going to be activate my commander, activate my special unit or two, and then I'm just going to leave a bag full of core units that I know every time I reach in, I'm going to be like, cool, it's a core unit. It's a core unit. It's a core unit. <laughs> just let me say, cool, I'm going to pick this core unit, I'm going to pick that core unit next, I'm going to pick this core unit next. I'd rather just personally be able to choose the whole time instead of arbitrarily deciding who gets to move before who on my side of the battle a well-functioning army should work together and move as one well and yeah and and the commander should be moving (laughs) the army as needed not at random yeah exactly and so it's either okay well move these guys that you've decided or complete random bag and it's like okay well i needed these two troopers to go i activated them but I also really need this guy and this guy to go. Don't have enough options for that. Guess you don't get a use. That's just, it's really frustrating. That's In fair. my opinion. That's fair. It's fine when it's like, okay, well, I've got two or three special units. All right, cool. You've got a decent chance of drawing those out of your bag. And then you can select whatever one you want. And that's kind of where I see the balance of them trying there is being like, yeah, but once you pull that one out of the bag, any unit that has that symbol you can use. Fine. Just let me pick though that's all i want <laughs> you want to give me a chance to do something special have me and whoever's turn it is like the first player or first player for this round have them and i do the pip challenge and whoever wins gets to activate those units before the other person gets to activate theirs you know something like that something yeah. dude 
you're going to make me pick certain units, let those units do something special instead of just being like, well, you got to choose those when you want. Or I can just play Warhammer and choose whatever model I want. Yeah. Whenever I want. Yeah. As long as it hasn't gone this turn. <laughs> and so that that's a bit that kind of gets me where that's I'm just, fair. like, come on. I, sometimes I feel like, like wargaming companies, like companies that make wargaming stuff, try so hard to not make it Warhammer that they break things that work. Yeah, and that's, it works for what they're doing, but it's not my favorite thing to see <laughs> at all. It's, I don't really like it that much. It's unique, and it's, tr- like you said, it, they were trying not to be Warhammer, they were trying not to be Bolt Action, you know, some of those major base guys, but it, it that Makes style it works for, yeah, the style works for a reason. And I feel that the bag drawing unit thing take, just eats time. Yeah. Like, and that's the part that kind of kills me is that I'm like, I don't, it would, it would, I don't want to have to reach in, think about what make... unit I'm going to have to do, and then decide on that, this unit, and then decide what that unit's going to do. I'd rather be like, okay, I know I want these guys to do this, and I know I want these guys to do this. It's a lot like playing it, D&D to me. It would almost make more sense if they were going to make you randomize your units to pull out of the bag before the game starts numbered chips and have to choose which units get activated in which sequence at the start of the game. Yeah, having something like that and then at least you know what you're working with yeah. and like, okay, this unit gets to go first so then, so I need to, you know, yeah. but I need them in the back so we're gonna have them hold out while yeah, other yeah, people... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Being able to do things like that would be really nice, but the fact that... Because then you're still getting the randomization of drawing out of the bag Yep. but it's not eating time during the turn. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that, okay, I reach my hand and I pull out, okay, I've got a core unit. Oh, well, I don't really need to do anything with my core units right now. Yeah. Cool, I just wasted that time. Cool. Yeah, exactly. You get to that moment where you're just staring at the board being like, well, what am I going to do? Because I don't need to do anything. And I guess I could kind of get them set up and maybe get them posted for a readied shot so that if somebody like walks into their view, they can take a shot. But my opponent's going to see me put down that marker and he's going to have the ability to avoid that area that, you know, that distance in which that procs if they so desire to. Yeah. So unless I've specifically got it set to where they have to go through this spot, I'm yeah pretty much just wasting a turn being like, okay, cool, I guess I'm going to do this and this and hope something happens. Maybe. I can see how that would be really frustrating. Yeah, it. I would just rather be able to pick what unit I want to activate at the current time. Just keep moving throughout the whole thing. And then if you want to do the battle card things like you guys were doing, because those do bring in really cool abilities and effects, just have it be for that. Yeah. Be like, you know, your, or, you know, one core unit gets to move one extra speed or something like that. And just give every, the basic things a small ability on those cards and just do away with the, okay, well, you get to select this many people, this many people, just give them all little abilities and let that be the part of our that card game because i do kind of like that portion of being able to be like i'm gonna take i'm gonna put out both heads three drop which means i'm gonna probably go later unless you're dropping a four yeah but i'm willing to because i have this potent ability that i'm going to launch his rocket into your face here in a couple of seconds <laughs> i'll willingly go second for that you know things and that's fine i like that being added in yeah. but also, when I play that card, I only get to activate Boba Fett, so I pretty much have a bag, a full bag of random. So it's like, yeah, I could pull my commander next, and I don't need him to do anything right now. Right. You know? And so, that's a part that it is really not my favorite. <laughs> so, overall, what would you give Legion? I'd give it a solid play it. Play it? Yeah. Good play I'd, it? I'd give a solid play. It might not be your, your favorite. Find a buddy who has one. That's what I would suggest. Find a buddy who has a box set or find somebody who's willing to go in on a box set with you. Because that's kind of what George and I ended up doing. We mm-hmm. did it a little wonky, but that's kind of what we did. Yeah. In the end, I bought my box set. He decided that he really wanted to play Rebels. He decided to buy a box set for himself. We wanted to do the Grand Skirmish. So we just gave each other the other portions of the, our armies. Like, that works. Oh, I don't need the Empire portion of my box because really i think he's going to be one of the few people i play with if i want to play with Corey, i'll just go buy the i'll go buy the separatist box again and just keep that as a board game to itself and that we might more balancedly buy for but when i was like oh i'm playing with george well he's playing rebels i'm going to play the empire i bought way too much empire stuff so if we were even to split our games back apart 
it wouldn't matter. So find yeah. a friend who wants to who wants to just split it with you. It makes it less on both of you guys, and you both have a chance to actually get started and playing without having to worry too much. And, and, and again, it's it's one of those games where it's cheaper to start than Warhammer. Yeah, but it's a good intro into the wargaming stuff. As my final note for it, do not, do not, do not start buying an army by individual boxes. Buy a starter set and work from there. I've seen a couple of guys doing it lately. It makes your starting army because the base boxes come with about 500 points, maybe a little shy of that. Mm-hmm. It's essentially 40-ish bucks per side at that point, but you're getting about 500 points a piece. You have to have X amount of core units. You have to have an X amount of units and stuff that you have. With your core units alone, if you go to buy them, it's going to be $75 for the three core units you have to have. You cannot play without the three core units. Yeah. You have to have those, and you have to have a commander. So you're looking at almost $90 to $100 just for one army, or you can buy a box for $100 for two armies that'll yeah. give you two or three cores apiece well, and, and take care almost, of you. I, I think that that's just a smart way to go about almost any war, like tabletop wargaming thing, is buy the starter set. Yeah, even if your buddy has the starter set, buy your own starter set. It's okay. Because that's the point of them is to be like, hey, this is everything you need to play a game. And yeah. just see if you like it. Instead of instead of spending extra money for something, maybe you play a couple games and you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have bought this starter set, but at least you're not out as much money. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. If your buddy got one and you're like, yeah, I'm getting into this with you, but he plays Rebels and Empire, and I want to play Separatists. Just go buy the Separatist box. It is going to be worth your money to get those boxes and have that extra army that's just to the side than it is to, like, even if you just remove that and you're like, okay, well, now I have, I've spent my 40 essentially on this. I can resell this for about 40 bucks if I, if you really want. Or I want to get somebody else into the game and now I have two armies that I can have somebody else play with. Exactly. Or I'm going to give this to my other buddy who's been looking to try to get into it with us, but he hasn't quite committed. So maybe if I give this to him, he'll get into it. And it's super easy to then piecemeal buy extra stuff. Extra stuff that you want. And it's not as, you know, by the time that you're like, okay, well, I've spent 150 bucks on this. You've bought, you've actually upgraded your army instead of being like, okay, well, I've spent about 120 bucks on this and I have just enough to play. Yeah. Where it's like, well, I spent 100 bucks and now I've spent an extra 50 bucks and I have an army and some extra. That's kind of nice. Yeah. You know, I really do suggest the starter boxes. Like, really, really do. I'm a dude who, my job's to make money. And I still try to get try to stop these guys from doing that. Where I was like, <laughs> don't buy core units like this. Like, don't don't do it this way. You need one or two more core units. Like, I had to buy three more core, or I almost had to buy three more core units if George hadn't bought his other box. Yeah, because Empire tends to roll really well if you block up and move as kind of one big giant block of formation. Well, so yeah, because that's what they six, do. They just dump a ton of clones in there. And yeah, go, yeah. Look, that's and my our, army. And our armor values garbage all the way through the empire is very much quantity over quantity (laughs) yeah there are armor values pretty okay but our weapon values are garbage so you want as many dudes in one place firing at the same thing as much as possible something something stormtroopers can't hit targets something something something. yeah no they do a real good job of i blame the helmets you know no you know what it's actually a thing that because of legion i finally I finally understand what it is. Yeah. Because they get one of the best armor dices. They get the best armor dice in the entire game. Because the armor is mass produced at a and it's more meant for quality. Or it has a certain X amount of quality to it. Whereas most of the rebels are wearing cloth and stuff yeah. like that. So they get a really shitty dice. But you get the best dice because armor is incredibly easy to manufacture at high volumes without flaws. Like being able to literally press, press print a metal or alloy mm-hmm. into an armor is way easier to get a quality item out of it than guns are. That's fair. It's the, qua- it's the quantity and rapid production of their firearms because they themselves, like I got a veteran crew yeah. and the veteran shoots with a black or shoots with a black die. He also has a different gun. <laughs> that, you know what? The that's second fair. that you go back to their basic E8 
web bl- or their E8 Blasters. They're, they're basically 3D printing their guns. And yeah. They just don't work. And, that, and that's, I was starting to talk with some more of my bigger Star Wars fans, and they're like, yeah, dude, that you never realized that? I was like, yeah. no, I thought Stormtroopers had shitty aim. And they made a really good point to look at the episode in Mando where the two scout troopers punch Baby Yoda, where they pull out their pistol and take a couple shots at the can, and it just misses. And then he looks at it like, God, this thing's garbage. Like, I'm at 10 feet. He was like, that's them kind of trying to be like, hey, stormtroopers don't have bad aim. They have really bad guns. Guns are really hard to mass produce at a high quality in a high quantity. You would think, though. Whereas armor, you can just take a sheet of metal and go, stamp, and now it's in your shape and push it. That's done. Yeah, that's fair. Whereas a gun, if you want to print and push and print and push, those molds are going to move and do, and those bolts are going to change. The Empire could have saved themselves a lot of trouble if they just invested a little more money in their firearms production. That's part of what Lucas was trying to bring about, though, was that he was like, look, you can have the most amount of dudes and you can have the most amount of everything, but if your weapons suck, you're going to lose half your army while you, yeah, you might kill the other army, but you're going to lose half yours in return because they could just shoot straighter. (laughs) All right. So, we like Legion. Legion's a great game, and I think that anybody who's interested in getting into bigger games, and you've tried something like God Tier, where you're like, this is fun, but I want that next step, Legion's one of those perfect- Next step, not ready for Warhammer. Yeah. I call it kind of the kill team of that middle ground. Okay. Kill team's really, it's got more to it than God Tier does, but it isn't full-blown Warhammer. It is called Warhammer Kill Team, just so that I actually use its full name. And I think Legion and Kill Team fall in that kind of same plane of like, okay. I'm thinking about looking into one of the Warhammers, whether that be Age of Sigmar or something, but I don't know if I like that kind of game yet. Yeah. These are, it's a, Legion is one of those perfect, like, well, I'll give this a try. If I don't like this, you don't like war mini games, and that's okay. But if you were like, yes, this is my jam, do it. Get out there. Get, you know, start diving in. And it's good for its price point. Like I said, I like games that give me, they charge me based off their plastic, not off the points in my game, because I don't care about how many points it is in the game. Sometimes I just want the cool model. I think that that there wraps it up for this week's game cabinet. I think that wraps it up for this week. I did want to throw out two weeks from now, Monday the 31st. Yeah. We were originally planning to do a Facebook Live event. I don't know if we're going to be live on Facebook, but we will be... At the sidewalk sale for Adventures Underground painting minis. I am going to have my Twitch up. Okay. I might have my Twitch up. Twitch kind of kills my phone real fast, so I might not be streaming. And I didn't want to bring a bunch of tech and cords outside, which was why I'm like, I don't know about the Facebook Live thing. I'll I'll probably bring... Well, then that's why I said I'll bring my stuff for Twitch because mine is just my tiny little tripod and my phone. But it means I'm also probably going to use it until my phone tells me it's at 15%. And then I'll kill the stream for the day, for the afternoon. Yeah. But I'll try to make sure it's nice and charged up. But yeah, we're going to be sitting outside painting Paint like minis. a bunch of ballers. Unfortunately, like we don't really have the, the stuff for you guys to come paint with us. But come stop by. Say hi. We'll probably be there around 1 o'clock-ish. Yeah. Come come hang out and BS with us. If you got questions, we'll be there to answer them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We might even be giving away our discount code we live and in be person. Giving away discount codes to people who stop by and say hi. Yeah, that is the thing with our uh, paint take, virtual paint takes. You know, we we do those discount codes. Maybe we'll have to do <laughs> one uh, live and in person, live being and able in to person. tell people. Yeah, and then you guys come ask us questions. Grab a mini of your own. Ask a you know, ask us some questions about what what you need help Tips with. Tips and tricks, and oh my gosh, we'd love to talk to you. We miss. We miss having big paint events. It has been... One of these days. One of these one days, of, of these hopefully days. soon, but, you know, time will tell. Time only time will tell. This is no guarantee or promise. Nope, none. It's all up to the boss. <laughs> <laughs> this is us being hopeful and crying <laughs> about not being able to hang out with you guys. <laughs> well, Drew, thank you for coming and talking to me about Legion. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for letting me... Uh, like I said, I'm, I love being able to do this and just sit and spiel at people about... <laughs> games because most of my friends tell me to shut up at this point because they've had to deal with it for long enough but uh we'll close the door and put away our game and lock up the cabinet turn out the lights and call it an evening here we'll see you next time see you next time
You've been listening to The Game Cabinet at the AU Radio Podcast Network. If you're interested in any of the titles from today's episode, you can check out the link tree in the description to visit Adventures Underground at their online store to browse the selections or inquire about special orders. If you'd like to contact the show, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just check out that link tree in the description. Or you can email the show at podcast at advunderground.com. You can also support this show and all the awesome shows on AU Radio that you love by becoming a patron of the AU Radio Podcast Network. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash ADV underground. For as little as $1 a month, you can help us continue to create these shows and soon many more. You've been listening to the AU Radio Podcast Network. Music is provided by cubbypurpleplanet.com and bensound.com. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Adventures Underground. AU Radio is a production of Adventures Underground. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.